More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Welcome to the Hank Haney Podcast, a production of iHeartRadio. Gonna tell it like it really is We know Haney doesn't give a shh Silencing critics, eliminate misses Two chips never accept on shoulders to get better Everybody knows the name, read about it We're golf teachers, hall of fame, never doubt it It's time for the truth, here's our dude You're listening to Haney You're listening to Haney You're listening to Haney it's time for the truth, here's our dude. You're listening to Haney. Yeah. Listening to Haney. Welcome to the Hank Haney Podcast. Hank Haney here. And we've got another instruction day. You know, I've been uh, doing a little instruction series here every week on the Hank Haney Podcast. And gearing it kind of towards my my new book. Actually, I have a new book out. Uh, if you haven't uh, heard about it or ordered it, How to Play Better Golf Today: Lessons of a Lifetime by me, Hank Haney. I wrote it with Matt Rudy, a longtime writer from Golf Digest, and uh, it's pretty pretty good. Got a lot of little tidbits in there and things that you can think about to help you play, like the title says, better golf today. And of course, that's what everybody wants, and that's what I want. I want you to play play better golf. So uh, today I want to talk about, well, one of the things that I see all the time with amateur golfers is that they are very willing to help their playing partners, their friends. Everybody's got advice. I'll give you a great example. Years ago, I was visiting Chicago and had an opportunity to play with a, a few friends of mine. And we tee off on the first hole and I asked one of my friends, I said, how you playing? His name was Sterling. I said, Sterling, how you playing? He says, oh, Hank. He said, I'm playing great. He said, this is the best I've ever played in my life. I said, oh, great. I can't, I can't wait to see it. So we're playing along and we get to about the third or fourth hole. 
And Sterling says to one of my other friends in the group, John, he says, John, you need to keep your, your right elbow in a little more. And I'm just kind of standing over the side, listening to this, but, uh, you know, letting it go. And then we get around to the eighth hole, and Sterling says to the other guy in the group, Bill, he says, Bill, you know, you really need to keep your right elbow in a little bit more. And I listened to this, and I think, okay, this is the same advice for two guys. The only problem is, is they both have opposite ball flight mistakes. And everything you do in golf should relate to what you're trying to do to fix your ball flight, in particular, your big miss, whatever your, your worst shot is. But anyway, we make the turn and we go in and we sit down. We have a little, little drink uh, after the ninth hole. And I said to Sterling, I said, Sterling, you are playing a lot better. He says, yeah, you want me to tell you what I'm doing? I said, no, nah, you don't have to. He said, what do you mean? I said, I already know what you're doing. You're trying to keep your right elbow in. I said, because you've already decided that that's what everybody in the group needs to do. You told John the same thing. You told Bill the same thing. The difference is, is, you know, you used to shank it. You know, Bill hooks it and, and John slices it. And you can't all have the same exact problem. But that's human nature. Whenever people are working on something themselves, they tell it to everybody else. That's just the way. I, I've often thought that in, in golf instruction, what you should have to do is you should have to write down everything that you're working on. I'm talking about golf instructors should have to write down everything that they're working on in their own golf game and not be allowed to teach it during a lesson. Because it's just human nature. If you're working on something, you're more tuned in to looking for that one thing in every single person you teach. And the, the key is, is that you have to fix your big miss. What is your big miss? What is your bad shot? And it can't be the same fix for a slicer as it is for somebody who hooks. It can't be the same fix for somebody who pushes as somebody who pulls. I mean, there has to be opposite fixes for those people because they're opposite, opposite mistakes. So just just keep that that in mind. But there's so many tips out there that are that are just, I mean, not, not bad, worse than bad, because I think they 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 damage people's potential, and and that's what I'm always looking at. I'm always trying to help people play to whatever their potential is. Now I've often said, I mean, your potential is dictated by how fast you swing the golf club. Period. End of story. Your clubhead speed dictates your potential. If you can only swing the club fast enough to hit the ball 150 yards, you can play a nice game of golf, but you're never going to be a single-digit handicap. If you hit it 225 yards, you can definitely play better, but you're not going to be a scratch golfer. If you hit it 265 yards, you can be a you know scratch player at a certain course, but you're never going to play the PGA Tour. You hit it 275 yards, you can play the PGA Tour, but you are never going to dominate the PGA Tour. Distance determines your potential at every level of the game. So that brings me to my, my book, you know, How to Play Better Golf Today. And I've got a section in there that, that is one of my favorite sections. And it is called the Bad Tip Hall of Fame. 
Now, I mean, everybody who plays the game is always looking for some secret tip. We know that. And, I, and I've talked about this before, too, how the, the most read pages in Golf Digest magazine forever have been the one-page tips. People just like to look at a tip and find one thing that they could go and practice the next time they go to the driving range or go to the golf course. It's just, you know, it's, everybody wants that, that quick fix. Now, the problem is, is sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. Usually when it works, it's the, it's the one missing ingredient to get everything all matched up. And what I mean by that is that everybody who plays the game has mistakes in their swings. If you have an even number of mistakes, preferably zero, you're doing great. Nobody has that, though. If you have uh, two, four, six, eight mistakes, you can still play great because you've got one mistake, theoretically, that's making up for another mistake. At just the right levels of, of both. But if you get caught in between with one, three, five, seven, nine mistakes, you've got a mistake but nothing to compensate for it, and that's where you're really running into trouble. That's why sometimes when you find that one key tip that kind of fills in the blank and matches everything up, and you know, you hit better shots. The problem is, is is the next time you come out to play. Things are a little bit out of balance, and it, it it doesn't doesn't work like it did the the last time you tried it. But anyway, that's that's the way golf is. Usually, the way tips work is they work great on on the last couple holes of the round. You, know, you think you've got it, and then the next time you come out, you, you don't, and the whole thing starts over again. You start one little tip after another after another, and you play your way through the whole round. And then on the 18th hole, you find something that works, and you think you got it. You come out the next day and the whole thing starts over and over and over again. I mean, that's really just the, the way it works. But but everybody wants the quick tip. I mean, when people listen to the podcast, they're hoping I tell them the secret. When people send me questions on Twitter, uh, they're hoping that I, I have this the secret. And, you know, everybody is, is looking for the secret and everybody's giving out the secret. I mean, avid amateur golfers, even if they're no good, are always either getting or giving tips. And most of the time they're, they're misunderstanding what they, they hear and see. And if you're ever, you know, looking for proof of, of the original premise I brought up at the beginning of, of this conversation, that golf instruction in general is just, it's just, it's too complicated. And I'm reminded of that every day, but the problem with tips is that by definition, I mean, they're designed to be band-aids. I mean, that's what, that's what they are. They're supposed to fix some big problem that a player is having the next time they swing. And there's obviously plenty of good advice a player can make to take better swings, but there, there's so many tips out there, both new ones and old ones, that it's easy to drown in, in them all. So there are hundreds of tips that aren't my favorite, but uh, to get into what I call the bad tip hall of fame, a tip needs to have uh, two major qualities. It needs to be extremely common, one that everybody talks about all the time, and it needs to be extremely wrong. So uh, you want to want to try an experiment. The next time you go to the practice range, spend the first 10 minutes or so just walking down the line and watching players hitting balls and keep your ears open. And I'll bet you'll hear at least half the tips I'm about to talk about here. And by the way, the people who are given the tips – and sometimes it, it, it might even be a teaching pro. They mean well, and the players receiving the tips are trying as hard as they can 
But if you're, you focus your energies on trying these tips, you're actually going to get further away from good golf at the end of your practice session than um, when you started. And it even happens on a tour level. I remember when I, I had been working with Mark O'Meara for a few years, and obviously I'd had some success. Mark finished second on the money list on the PGA Tour the second year I worked with him. And, you know, all of a sudden people started asking me for lessons. And one player asked me to come to his home course one week that he had off. And I made the trip and watched him hit some balls. And, you know, like I, like I do, I mean, I take a lot of time to analyze before I say anything. And I made a bunch of mental notes. And, and then, you know, I went through this whole explanation, you know, try to keep everything as, as simple as I can because that's, that's my style. And what I do is I want to find a shot that, that you know, any player just has trouble hitting or doesn't want to hit or a shot that they're trying to get rid of that's a bad shot. And I try to do that in, you know, the most uncomplicated way that I, that I can. But anyway, I, I started discussing my thoughts with this player and, and uh, he stopped me after I got about a minute in. And then he gives me a 10-minute like speech on a combination of three of the tips you're you're going to read about or you will read about in my book uh, i'm going to tell you about uh, and and anyway <laughs> he, he tells me how you know what i'm suggesting couldn't possibly be the right way to go because it was just way too simple and needless to say i mean uh, that didn't work out too good we, we weren't a we weren't a real real good match um, you know, that happens. And, you know, it's a lot of times players just go from one tip to the next, to the next, to the next. And usually there are tips that are in my uh, bad tip hall of fame. So if you don't want to go backwards, I, I suggest that you uh, cut the tips I'm going to give you here from my bad tip hall of fame out of your arsenal. And you'll play better golf. We'll get started when I when we come back. Take a little break here from our sponsors. We'll be right back on the Hank Any Podcast. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast. And this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes 
to really deeply believe that we are enough, that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my, this idea of what, do, is, that, is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know, oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of... Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring bit. out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it, it would have been, Ooh, a, been the juicy. podcast would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. <laughs> All right, this might be the number one bad tip ever, but I don't think I've ever heard a, a golf instructor say this. This is just a tip that you hear amateurs giving other amateurs, and you got to consider the, the source of the advice there. And usually it's beginners telling other beginners what they need to do, and it's usually after they hit a top shot. You know, somebody hits a top shot, ball doesn't get in the air. And immediately they come with, keep your head down. Now, now I understand where this comes from. And people that are saying it, I'm, I'm sure they mean well. I mean, when the ball goes rolling along the ground and the player, you know, has generally, I mean, there's different ways to, to top it. But one of the most common ways is, is they come out of their posture. So, you know, the, the instinct that people have is, is to say, hey, you, you didn't stay down. You didn't keep your head down. The problem is, is that if you, if you look at it, your hands and arms are attached to your shoulders. You bend over from your waist when you set up to the golf ball. And that creates the, the radius of the swing from your shoulders down to the ball. Your neck joint or your head really has nothing to do with it. I mean, keeping your eye on the ball would be a better thing to say. It helps your hand-eye coordination. But keeping your head down doesn't really do anything because the problem isn't your head. The problem is that your shoulders have raised up, and that's because you've come out of your posture, the bend that you had from your hips when you started. So it would be more correct to say, keep your eye on the ball. That would help your hand-eye coordination, although it's not really necessary. Blind people can play golf if someone just aims them in the right direction. So it's very, very unnecessary. But it helps your hand-eye coordination. But the most important thing is you keep your posture. You, you, you stay there. You, keeping your head down doesn't do anything. What it does is it takes away people's 
athletic, uh, you know, ability to, to be honest with you, because what, what happens is, is they can't move your head's down your chest and you can't turn your shoulders. So ideally your head is up, but your eye is on the ball. But when someone tops the ball, uh, that piece of advice is just not what you want to tell somebody. Because I, I always joke, I mean, it looks like people are trying to smell the ball rather than hit the ball. So you don't stand up to the golf ball with your head stuck down in your chest. You just don't. You can't turn. You're not going to be athletic. And and, and furthermore, I mean, look at all the, the great players who – you know, quote unquote, lift their head up when they're coming into the golf ball. I mean, Dustin Johnson, watch him swing. I mean, when he comes into the ball, his eyes are up before he even hits the ball. Same thing with Annika Sorenstam. Same thing with David Duvall. Annika Sorenstam's coach used to tell her to purposely look up with her eyes when she came through the ball to help her turn through the ball better. And he said, this is just a drill I want you to do. And she hit the ball so good like that, that she said, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this every time. And so it's, it's just not, it's not even correct when people say, look, keep your eye down, keep your eye on the ball, keep, even keep your eye on the ball. It doesn't, it, it doesn't really matter. So don't, don't force yourself to stay down and especially don't force yourself to stay down too long. And I'm talking about your your eyes. You want to let your, your everything move through the ball, and everything includes your your feet, your knees, your hips, your shoulders, and your eyes. So, so when you hit, I'll tell people: as soon as you hit the ball, eyes up, finish through. The focus on head down it's, a, it's just a, a a terrible, terrible tip. Uh, all right, the next one that I'm going to talk to you about from my bad tip hall of fame, finish through the swing. Okay. People will, will say this all the time. Now remember that 90% of the people that play golf slice the golf ball. I mean, that's the vast majority of the people. If they're right-handed players, they hit from left to right. They slice it from left to right. If they're left-handed players, they slice it from right to left. That's the number one shot. And when the golf ball veers off, Right-handed player, veers off to the right, hits a big slice. What's the number one comment that, that people make to their you know, uh, friends that they're trying to help? They said, you didn't finish the shot. Well, when the golf ball curves, the club face is open relative to the path of the swing. So what that means is, is that wherever you're swinging the club through the ball at impact, Let's just pick a number. Okay, let's say you're swinging straight through. At impact, you're straight through. Then you know the club face is open relative to straight through. It's at least one degree open or half a degree open. It's some amount of openness with the club face. If you swing two degrees to the left and the ball curves to the right, then that means your club face was less than two degrees to the left when you swing through, and that means the club face is open relative to the path of the swing. So when you tell somebody to turn through the shot and finish through the shot when they're slicing the ball, what happens is that will do a couple things. That will, one, make your path go more across the ball, or if it's in a right-hander's case, it'll make it go more to the left, 
Okay, that's one thing that happens. And number two, when you finish through the shot, it actually slows down the closing of the club face because when you finish your with your body through the shot, the club face is, is going to have more of a tendency to be open. Okay, so this is the exact opposite of what you should actually tell somebody. When someone is hooking the ball, when someone is hooking the ball, what's happening is the club face is closed relative to the path of the swing. So you have to get, for a right-handed player, you have to get the path going more to the left while you hold the club face open more to the right. How do you do that? One way to do that is by finishing through the shot. So when people slice the golf ball and their well-meaning friends tell them that you got to finish through the shot more, it's the exact opposite. If you're slicing the ball, you, you really want to hold your body back, speed up your hands, arms, and the club. If you're hooking the ball, you want to do the opposite. Speed up the body, and that will slow down the closing of the club face. Now, when you slice a golf ball, it is not because you did not finish through the shot. It's, it's, it's literally the opposite. Now, I remember one of my favorite articles I ever did for uh, Golf Digest magazine, uh, and, and it was literally one of the simplest. I, I said, I can I can fix anybody's slice in five minutes. You know, because I've had people all the time through my whole coaching career. They said, you know, Hank, I've sliced my whole life. I'm like, your whole life you've sliced? I mean, are you kidding me? I mean, how can, how can, how can that be? I mean, when you slice, the club face is open relative to the path of the swing. If you're a right-handed player, get the path going more to the right, get the club face pointed more to the left at impact, and your slice is gone. So we lined up 50 people on uh, my drive range, the Hank Haney Golf Ranch, 50 people who had all considered themselves slicers. Most of them had, had literally never hit a hook in their life. And I, 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 I told them what to do. I had them take first thing I had them do was take practice swings up off the ground like they were swinging at a at a baseball or a ball on a real high tee. And then I gradually moved more toward the ground by getting them to lower the club a little bit and by getting them to bend over. And I got them to swing the club a little more to right field. And I told them I had to slow their body down, speed up the closing of the club face. That's how you correct a slice. Finish through the, the swing, that's a tip for 10% of the people who play the game of golf who hook the golf ball. 90% of the people who play the game slice it, and if you tell them to finish through the shot more, they're going to slice it worse. Remember remember that if you're, you're looking for some advice to, to, to give a friend. All right, here's another one for you. Keep your lead arm straight. Oh, my goodness. That's one of the things you can count on when you hear, you know, people giving advice. And, and what a lot of people do is they mistake uh, keeping your arm straight. Right-handed player, we're talking about your left arm. Left-handed player, we're talking about your right arm. They mistake straight for stiff, rigid, tight, and in such a position that it can't even move. If you let your arm just hang down from your shoulders, just naturally let it hang down from your shoulders, it's going to be straight. It's going to be as straight as it needs to be playing a, a, a golf shot. And, and this, is, this is 
a position where you can actually move athletically. I mean, you have a chance to have, have speed. Whenever you have tension in your arms or any part of you, when you have tension, you're going to move slower. I mean, I always think of the, you know, a sprinter when they get into the starting blocks, the first thing they do is they shake their legs. They're trying to get their muscles nice and loose so that they can explode out of the blocks. The tighter you are, the slower you will move. So a bad piece of advice is to try to keep your your lead arm, if I'm talking about a right-handed player, I'm talking about your left arm, trying to keep it stiff, rigid, straight. It, it's In fact, it's okay if it, if it bends a little bit. I mean, there's a lot of great players that have their left arm bent a little bit, either at the top of the swing or even, even coming into the, to the golf ball. Clearly, the, the radius of the swing, and I talked about this when we we're talking about topping shots, is established by the point that you from your lead arm shoulder down to the club. Okay, that's the radius of the, to the club head. That's the radius of the swing. You want you have to regain that radius when you get down to the ball, because at the top of your swing, and theoretically, you know, your wrists are cocked, and that radius has has changed. You want to get it back. If you release the club. But your arm is bent, you haven't quite got it all the way all the way back. But that's not to say that you have to have your your arm dead straight either. I mean, as long as it comes back to where it left from, or if you've been able to compensate in some way or manner or fashion to make up for being bent a little bit, that's fine. I mean, you can look at great players. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll give you give you a, a, a few of them. I mean, uh, Phil Mickelson, when he gets to the top of his swing, uh, you know, he's a left-handed player. His right arm, right elbow, tends to bend just a little bit. Doesn't matter when he gets when he starts down. The centrifugal force straightens his arm. Curtis Strange, good good friend of mine, two-time U.S. Open champion. When he comes into the the ball. You know, it, well, from the top of the swing even into the ball, his left arm was was bent just a little bit. Doesn't doesn't really matter. Uh, you know, Jordan Spieth, same thing. You know, people used to point out all the time, Jordan Spieth, his left arm's bent coming into the ball. I'm like, I mean, at the time he was he was the, rated the number two ball striker, T to Green on the PGA Tour, uh, and I'm like, how can that be a problem if he's doing it? Every single time the same way. That's that's what you want in golf. You just want repeatability. But the moral of the story is, is yeah, you, you want your lead arm to be straight or at least fairly straight. But you don't want it to be stiff and rigid. You don't have to worry about making it so stiff and so straight that you can't swing the golf club with any speed. Just let your arm hang down in front of your body. That's as straight as it needs to be. Try to keep it that way throughout the swing. You'll be just, you'll be just fine. All right, we're going to take another break. Uh, hear from our sponsors, including Voodoo Pain Relief Cream. We've got a lot of people who have tried Voodoo Pain Relief Cream. If you've got arthritis, backache, knee problems like I had, I mean, my, my knees were horrible. I just had them replaced in, uh, when was that, November. Back in action already. My voodoo pain relief can really help me. Well, the biggest thing that helped me was make it through five years of when the doctor told me I needed to have my knees replaced. 
and I made it five more years on them without getting them re- replaced. It's got 11 anti-inflammatory ingredients. It's a fabulous product. It's been cl- clinically tested, clinically proven. I, I know probably everybody's tried different pain relief creams before, but if you haven't tried Voodoo pain relief cream, you, you got to try it. There's a reason why the testimonials on the website are literally off the charts. And it's because it works for people. You can go on there and read it, voodoopainrelief.com. Go on there and read the, the testimonials. And you can order a free two-week supply. That's a, You can get a, a tube of Voodoo Pain Relief Cream for free. Try it out. And frankly, the reason that I do that is because I know people are going to reorder because everybody loves the product. The return rate is is next to zero, and it's a fabulous product. So go to voodoopainrelief.com and check it out if you haven't already already done that. We'll be right back on the Hank Any Podcast with more from my Bad Tip Hall of Fame. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carvin and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my, this idea of what, do, is, that, is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know, oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of Rappaport's reality, the reality of us. We're figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, it it would have been been juicy. The podcast would have taken a, a, a left turn. 
Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. All right, welcome back to the Hank Any Podcast. I'm going through my Bad Tip Hall of Fame, which is uh, one of the chapters in my uh, new book, How to Play Better Golf Today, uh, Lessons of a Lifetime. You can go to HaneyUniversity.com if you haven't already got a copy of the book. I've got signed copies for everybody that uh, orders in the next, well, I mean, I'll sign them as long as you guys want to order, so. Check it out. So it's a good book. I wrote it with Matt Rudy from uh, Golf Digest, great writer. And you know, I, Matt and I have been working together for a long time. It's just a whole collection of tips. But but one of my chapters is called the Bad Tip Hall of Fame. One of those tips I want to get into now is is this this notion that you hit down to make the ball go up. This used to be something that people talked about with the short game. One of the examples that teachers used to use is they would take a cinder block and they would put it in a sand trap. They would throw a ball down at the cinder block. And of course you'd throw a ball downward and then it ricochets upward. And they would say, see, you hit down, that makes the ball go up. I always used to remember when Seve Ballesteros, who was one of the greatest short game players ever, used to talk about practicing his short game by pitching with his three iron. And the way that he did it was he got real crouched over, real wide stance, lowered his hands, and the club came into the ground really, really level. That's the only way you could get loft on a three iron. Could you imagine hitting down with a three iron, a club with, with next to no loft on it to begin with, hitting down with a three iron and making the ball go up? That, that theory didn't, didn't make any sense, but I heard people talk about it all the time. And then I, I thought about, you know, all the slow motion shots you see of tour pros uh, hitting pitch shots. And, you know, they've got this flat, long bottom to the swing coming into the, into the golf ball. It, yeah, they're, they're hitting down, uh, but ever so slightly. And really only hitting down when the lie dictates it. In other words, if it's not a good lie or it's, in, it's tight or it's in the... Uh, deep grass and you have to hit down at it, then they're, then they're going to hit down. But ideally, you want to be pretty level at the, at, the, at the bottom of the swing. So for, you know, gr- really good players, I mean, they, they have a lot of club head speed. They can come in in real level and, and still, you know, get the ball up in, in the air and hit it far enough. That's the key. I mean, if you don't have a, a lot of speed and you have a lot of loft, it's hard to hit the golf ball to, to go very far, but hitting down does not make the ball go up. What makes the golf ball go up in the air is loft, loft and spin. And you get spin from, from speed. The more speed you have, the more, more spin you're going to tend to have. That's what makes the golf ball go up in the air. So, so this thought that with a pitch shot, you try to hit down and that makes the ball go up, you know, you'd have some chopping down moves and that doesn't really work. Matter matter of fact, think about, if you're in the woods and you're in the trees and you have to hit underneath a limb, what do you do? You put the ball back in your stance and you hit down. You hit down to keep the ball down. You don't hit down to make the ball go up. So when you're trying to pitch the ball up in the air, try to feel like you're just, you've got a, a, a level, shallow impact and you'll be amazed 
how much more forgiving this this technique is because you can you can hit you know if you've got a decent lie you can hit two three four inches behind the golf ball and still be able to get the ball up in the air with so much ease so so that that's another one of those tips that, that never made a lot of sense to me all right my, my my last two tips have to do and these are my last two tips in the bad tip hall of fame remember that they have to do with with distance. One thing you always hear people say when they're talking about distance is you got to get your body into it. And, you know, I, I'm sure they they look at a player like Justin Thomas, who's not very big, but hits it forever. And he seems to be jumping out of his shoes when he hits a tee shot. And they think, you know, that's that's what you got to do. You got to get your, your, your body into it. Well, yeah, he does use his whole body. But the main thing that he he does is he he has he has fa- a fast swing. I mean, he's got a fast hand and arm swing. And the problem is with most players that are worrying about trying to get their body into it, they don't get their hands and arms going at all. And the the, the fact is that the hands and arms are holding on the club. Your arms are attached, your shoulders, and the hands and arms have to be the basis of your swing. All this body stuff is important. But if you don't get your hands and arms going, I mean, you're, you're, you're going to be just dead in the water. Now, my mentor, John Jacobs, along with uh, a lot of other great teachers, namely Bob Toski and Jim Flick, they were the real, you know, I, I talked about this in a previous podcast. I mean, they're the, the guys that really taught the masses to play the game. They used to say over and over and over again that the first order of business was getting a hand and arm swing going. The body has to turn, but mostly it turns to get out of the way so that your hands and arms can swing the golf club. So get your hands and arms going before you start worrying about getting your whole body into it, and you'll you'll be better off with your distance. Now, the biggest thing that you could do to increase your distance, and everybody wants to hit the golf ball longer, the, the way that you do it, of course, you have to have a, a you know good impact, and you have to hit the ball in the center of the face, and you have to you know get the right spin on it. You don't want to be hitting a big old slice, but you need club head speed. And the biggest tip that I hear people given is they'll tell people you're swinging too fast, and I'm thinking to myself, the average player swings a golf club about. I'm talking about male golfers. They swing the club about 85 miles an hour. Minimum speed on the PGA Tour is 105 miles an hour. Top speed, I mean, you look at Roy McIlroy, Dustin Johnson, Brooks Kepka, uh, you know, name any of them, the long hitters. They're swinging the club 120, 125 miles an hour. So this idea that you're swinging too fast is, is just totally incorrect. You're not swinging too fast. There, in fact, there is no such thing as swinging too fast. But people say it all the time. You're getting quick. I'm like, what do you? What does that mean? You're getting quick. Slow it down. I'm like, what does that mean? You're getting quick. I mean, the, the only way you're swinging too fast is if you're hitting the golf ball too far, and nobody hits the golf ball too far. Now, if you're in theory, you have to time your swing. And what that means is you have to time your hands and arms with your body. 
So if you were swinging your hands and arms too fast, which you can't, but if you were, yeah, it's impossible, but if you were, what that would mean is that your body was too slow and the timing was off. If your body's moving too fast, that's only relative to what your hand and arm speed is. So if your body's moving too fast, that means your hands and arms are swinging too slow. So you've got to get the correct coordination between the hands and arms and the body and get the timing right in the swing. But taking the whole thing and slowing it down like people like to do, that is not the answer. I mean, the, the analogy that I use, it's like if your car isn't running well and it's missing and the Every time you slam down the accelerator, you know, it, it hesitates. What you need is a tune-up. The answer to that is not don't drive over 35 miles an hour. That is not the answer to the car missing. Same thing with your golf swing. Yeah, if you slow it down, you'll hit it straighter. And if you make, you know, some better contact relative to what you were making, you may even hit it longer. But you're never going to hit it longer by swinging slower. Someone with more club head speed, as I've said many times, has more potential in the game of golf. The faster you swing, the more your potential. And this tip is so bad. I just can't tell you. You're too quick. You're swinging too fast. I'm like, the guy's hitting it out there 150 yards, 160 yards, 200 yards, 220 yards, whatever it is. You're not swinging too fast. What's the one thing that everybody faces in life? I'll tell you what it is. We get older. And when we get older, what happens? We get slower. Why in the world would you want to get slower on purpose? When people say, slow your swing down, I'm like, why? That's already happening for you as you get older. And everyone wants more distance. You don't get it by swinging slower. So remember that. I mean, that is is an absolute, uh, well, I mean, it, it's like my bad tip Hall of Fame. I mean, honestly, that and the head down, those are my my two number one things. I, it, it drives me crazy. People say, slow it down. So you're swinging too quick. I'm like, you mean I've got a perfect swing and I'm just swinging a little quick and that's why it's going all over the place? And by the way, same tip for everybody. This guy's slicing. He's swinging too quick. This guy's hooking. He's swinging too quick. This guy's topping it. He's swinging too quick. This guy's shanking it. He's swinging too quick. It's just like the universal cure for everything. Just slow your swing down. You know what happens when you take a, a fast swing and you slow it down, don't you? All you got left is a slow, lousy swing. That's all you got. Just remember that next time your, one of your friends says, uh, slow it down. Take a fast, lousy swing and slow it down. You got a slow, lousy swing. That's all you got left. All right. That's my bad tip, Hall of Fame. Uh, if you want to get a copy of my book, uh, How to Play Better Golf Today, Lessons of a Lifetime. That's where all this, this information is, is located. Uh, it's a great book and a lot got a lot of great positive feedback. Uh, you can go to, to HaneyUniversity.com and, uh, and and check it out. And I'll I'm signing all the copies for everybody that that orders from the uh, the podcast. So uh, get your get your copy there. HaneyUniversity.com. Follow me on Twitter at Hank Haney. Email questions to HankHaneyGolf at Outlook.com and hit the follow button on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. And our podcast will show up there every day for you. 
I hope everybody stays safe, healthy, and has a great day. We'll talk to you tomorrow on the Hank Haney Podcast. Thanks for tuning into the Hank Haney Podcast. Listen, follow, rate, and share on iTunes, on the iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. And you can make your thoughts and questions heard by emailing the show at hankhaneygoff at outlook.com. And you can also tweet me directly by sending your tweets to at Hank Haney on Twitter. The Hank Haney Podcast is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast.